The Eufy Video Lock takes the place of separate smart locks, security cameras, and doorbells all in one simple to install unit. A Phillips screwdriver was all I needed. The Eufy 330 Video Lock took me 20 minutes to install and there is no hard wiring necessary as it's powered by a 4-month rechargeable 10,000 mAh battery. The Eufy Video Locks are complete with fingerprint technology, passcode entry, physical keys, and free local storage for crystal clear 2K video. There is absolutely no contract nor the need for costly monthly monitoring subscriptions. The free Wi-Fi driven iOS and Android compatible apps let you have full control over your new Eufy video lock system in just a few clicks. Convenience and security are extremely important and the Eufy video lock delivers on both. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y, video lock. Because as the host of Uncomfortable Podcast, you just never know who or what will wind up at your front door. Visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock and get yours now. That's eufy, E-U-F-Y. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. doing that, I was face to face with it, it was holding me by my throat, and it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's, there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. If they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old, and at that point, it'll like religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person, I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being.
once we get into tonight's episode. You're going to notice this. It might seem a little out of order. And it's true, it is. When I first reached out to the Red Gridmark Phenomenon Facebook page, tonight's guest was the very first person to contact me. In fact, almost immediately after posting. Shortly after that, the page's admin, Justin Sanderson, he contacted me as well. Similar experiences, similar stories, but Justin expressed a more critical look, a more contextual look at this phenomenon. You'll soon find that tonight's guest has a much more emotional response to having found these marks. Very similar to Corey in episode four. But that's where it ends. That's where the similarities end. This episode took some turns and twists down roads that I was not expecting. If you would, please, welcome to the show, Ellie from Minnesota. Ellie, welcome to Uncomfortable. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. I don't even know really where to start with this because I know where my mind wants to go immediately. Well, you know, it's interesting when you when you mentioned that about Corey, how he, you know, almost non mentioned it. It was it was just brought up. And what came to my mind is, yeah, well, it's kind of it's kind of something that doesn't fit in our world, in our time and place world as it is, you know, and it doesn't fit in the world. So it's hard to sort of place it in there and talk about it unless it's specifically about that. Um, Cause these little marks show up and then they leave and they're, they, you know, I, I have experienced them of course, as, as my husband did um, early in this June and I found the Facebook page soon after. And one of the things that really, um, I, w- I want to talk about it. I want to learn more about it. You know, I don't know even how much, you know, I can just offer my own experience, but I'm, I'm so curious isn't even the word. I'm just so interested to know, to know about it. And one of the first things that I experience like reading through people's pictures and their experience about it is just how little um, understanding there is around the phenomena. You know, there just really isn't, isn't much um, at least in, in what I've read from people that, that have been experiencers of the red grid mark phenomena. So um It'll be cool if you, if a lot of people, if more people start to, to come forward with that and start to actually look on their own bodies to see these markings, because for all I know, I've had them several times in my life and only um, noticed them this, this last time. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because, you know, I, I don't have any recollection of ever having these on my body. 
Um, it's not something that I, I believe that I've ever experienced, but so many weird thing happen. So many weird things happen during the course of doing this show. Um, hmm. synchronicities, um, coincidences, maybe, um, you know, but why I latched onto this is, is kind of beyond me. I mean, this, this typically would have been something that I would have read about a little bit and said, now that's interesting and just moved on. Um, but like I said, it, it, it resonated with what Corey had said in episode four and, um, I just, I felt an immediate need. I mean, I almost literally after reading a couple of, uh, posts and seeing a couple of pictures, um, I joined the group and immediately sent a message to the, uh, administrator saying, you know, I realize this goes against your, your policies as, as far as, um, self-promoting and, and trying to farm content. But I said, you know, I, I really think this is something that needs to be, uh, talked about and addressed on a bigger forum, would you please allow me to, to post on your, on your site and, and see if I can get some people that would want to talk to me about this. And, um, I expected to get, you know, thanks for your interest, but no, um, quite contrary. Uh, I had two of the administrators, uh, message me back relatively quickly and say, uh, that they thought it was a good idea. So I did. Uh Consequently, you reached out, uh, then, then Justin, uh, the, uh, the one administrator, he actually reached out and, uh, he's going to be willing to talk with me again at a, at another date. Um, so let's, let's get into this. I mean, you, you said your first experience with this was, uh, I think you said around June 9th of this year. Yep. Well, it was June 7th is when, um, the, the, pattern was on my husband's back. Um, so let's see, it was, it starts out. I mean, it starts, it starts, it starts, but where, um, that part of the story begins would be, I would think sometime in May where both of us, um, had COVID or something, we had something, we were quite sick and, um, it was around the second week of May cause it was just right around my birthday. And, I was really, really sick for about three days, you know, the kind of sick where the idea of getting up and feeding my dogs made me almost cry in agony because it just, I just couldn't, I didn't have the energy for it. Um, but I, you know, got over it in, in about three days. Um, my husband was very, very sick for about three weeks and there was, 10, 12 days in there. And that was, that was the same period of time that I was, that I was sick. Um, but there were, there was about 10, 12 days for him where he hardly ate, hardly drank, you know, a few sips of, of juice in the course of the day. And he wasn't sleeping. He was, he had this very vacuous, you know, look in his eyes and, and he would sit up um, in the living room and just kind of stare, stare at the wall. I think he didn't want to want to wake me up with coughing and such. Um, and so come June or, or, you know, as he was getting better and going back to work and such, I noticed that he, um, you know, a lot of people have have symptoms that kind of hang around and stay there. And one thing I really noticed is that he had a lot of um, 
like inflammation, I would call it, um, around the, the tissues in his chest and around sort of like the breast area going towards the underarm where there's lymph nodes. And it was just really, really puffy. And, you know, it just felt to me like things like his body wasn't wasn't moving well. The energy in his body wasn't moving well. And I'm very sensitive. Um, I don't like do professional um, energy, energy and body work, but but I can, you know, I have a, a sensitivity, sensitivity towards that. And so I had been giving him um, massages. I had made um, a special oil with, with different healing herbs in it. And I had been giving him sort of a deep tissue massage to get sort of some of the lymph and whatever was stagnant in his body moving. And so that's how I noticed his marks, it was um, on his back, on his right side, um, on the rib cage, sort of over where I guess like the lung, the lungs would be on that side. And I was giving him massage and all of a sudden I noticed this pattern of, um, shoot, I should have gone back and looked at the pictures. I can't remember if his were circular or if they were diamond shaped, the separate, the separate patterns. Um, but in any case, they were there. They were distinct. They were red. Um, they were not lifted up from his skin, nor were they for mine. They weren't itchy in any way. They, they were flush with the skin. They look like they almost look like they would be, they're kind of reddish purple, like birthmarks can look, you know, but they were, and they were about um, probably the size of my whole hand. If I spread it out, they covered an area about that, that big on his back. And strangely enough, <clears throat> my very first reaction, um, I kind of like jumped, I kind of start startled. And my first reaction in my mind was good. Now this proves that, you know, strange stuff has been going on. Um, oh, and then co- I got out with COVID in general, you mean? No, I mean, spiritually oh. there, there, yeah, it, 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 to me, it was like, this is a confirmation that all of the weird stuff that we've really been experiencing, which, which I, um, I think it really started to amp up around the end of, um, November 2020. So it's almost been a year now. Well, this is, Um, this is, this is very interesting because I did not realize we were going to go down this road. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You don't even know the route yet, but yeah. No, uh, apparently I don't. Uh, I just, I just looked back for the listeners. I just looked back at the pictures that Ellie sent me and her husband's markings were more in, like she was saying in the, in the shape of a diamond, um, small, small diamond shapes, uh, what, about maybe three or four millimeters, uh, across each one of yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like half an inch long and half an inch wide. So half an inch square, so to say, mm. were, were just the separate marks that make up the pattern that people, people can, can look at. Um, and so, I can get back to some of the stuff that ha- that has been going on. Oh, the yeah, high, yeah. We definitely the high strangeness <laughs> in our world. Yeah, we'll get there because it's it's definitively connected. You know, um, I may not be able to prove it the same way that I can prove that there's a table in front of me. You know, if you could see me, but but so it so it was. Um, so in any case, 
I, I told him about the marks and we looked at them and then I did what, um, what I think probably a lot of people would do is I proceeded then to spend most of the night, um, on the internet, looking up anything that I could to try to find out something about this. And I believe what I looked up finally was, um, um, you know, I had known about scoop marks and scoop marks being related to alien abductions. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the area that I was looking at. And I can't remember anymore exactly what I Googled, but somehow read patterns on the skin aliens, you know, and it turned up one website that was done in the early 2000s, I want to say. And somebody had compiled a list of people, um, with their photographs and then the photograph of, of the red grid marks and then the st- a story correlating to it. Um, and there was a, there was a file of people that you could look up with that. And that was the only thing I could find. And then eventually I found um, like you did, Eric, the red grid mark phenomena, Facebook sure, yeah. group and anyone interested. I think that's what it's called. Red group, red grid mark phenomena. Um, and that's where, I saw irrefutably, um, you know, the, the same, the same kind of marks. And the last thing I did after, um, you know, after I did my energy work over my husband is I just placed my hand over the, over that patch of marks. And I just, you know, said an, an internal prayer or just asked the question that I really will to understand more and to understand what this phenomena is. And then June 9th, I woke up, I took a shower in the morning and I looked behind me as, as I was turning to get in the shower. And sure enough, I had my own pattern marks on me, um, which did a couple strange things through the course of the day is that, um, and for me, it was on my back. It was on my right side as well. It was a little lower, sort of on my lower ribs, um, going into, I don't know, like your, my waist, but throughout the course of the day on your back as well though, right? On my back as well. Thank you. Yep. On my right side. And then throughout the course of the day, the pattern got darker and, that pattern on the bottom, the initial one, um, didn't change, but above it, there was there another pattern um, formed that was more like a line. And then there was a little bit on the right side. And then there was also a pattern that made um, like a hexagon um, out of out of diamonds that was right on my lower lower back about where my coccyx is um, or the bottom of the spine on my a little bit on the left side so like a little bit on the butt cheek area um, and this is during the course of the day um, I didn't go to sleep um, I always visit my mom on Wednesdays and that was a Wednesday. She lives in an assisted living and I decided, um, you know, to continue with my whole day, even though I was a bit, you know, distraught slash excited slash curious slash terrified, you know, when I (laughs) noticed the pattern marks, but the only thing that I know that was even worth mentioning 
but maybe nothing at all. As, as I was driving home, I was very aware that I had some missing time while I was driving. And it would have only been a couple minutes, but I was acutely aware of this whole portion of the freeway that I drive often, you know, to see my mom. Um, I just wasn't there at all. And all of a sudden I was way, way farther away. And, you know, I have no idea, but, you know, just the fact that the patterns grew and changed in the course of the day and I didn't, I wasn't asleep at any time. Um, that's the only reason that I throw that out there is that the, that was something sort of that I noted that was um, that I couldn't account for. Uh, that, that's that's a <sighs> missing time is such a bizarre phenomenon, and it happens mm-hmm. in so many so many different instances. Well, and we space out so much, at least I do in my life. I'm not 100% aware when I'm driving. So, you know, it's so, and that's the thing about all of these weird phenomena. The mind does everything it can to talk you out of something that doesn't mm. match it's always, our 3D it, reality. It's, yeah, it's always trying to draw a straight line between point A and point B and, and, yeah, and, and, exactly. and figure it out. Even even if they come up with even if your brain is coming up with things that seem really hard to to imagine, it, it's still easier to think about that than it is to think about the other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now exactly. I do have to say when I first when I first started looking at this uh, group of pictures that you sent me, and then going back to the uh, the Facebook page and and continuing to look through. Um, I was struck because they're one of the posts and, and as soon, as soon as I saw the picture, it, it immediately resonated with me as, a um, in a page out of a book that, uh, I was reading early on in life about UFO encounters and stuff like that. I believe it was a gentleman back in 1967. I want to say he was, uh, uh, attending fields, uh, somewhere, uh, in, on his farm and, uh, he ended up having a, uh, uh, a visual sighting of a craft and uh subsequently didn't wind up faring so well um he ended up in the hospital and in the middle of his chest uh on his i think it was down on his lower abdomen um he had a rather large grid pattern that formed and and that was the first picture that I came up with. I know exactly the picture mm-hmm. you're referring to. It's black and white, and yeah. it was on his tummy, kind of. And his yeah. were big, looks like black things. Yeah, almost and, like and one inch squares. Yeah. And and I think he got he got kind of slimed from one of the ships or something. I seem to remember that he was actually hit with some something, some mm-hmm. substance, and it was like a more like a radiation burn. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I don't know how many people say that it actually darkens during the course of the day. I haven't really read that very much, um, but definitely something that seems in common with, with everyone is, is that it isn't raised up from the skin. Right. It yeah. doesn't itch. You know, anyone that's gone to the doctor about it, they have just no idea. You know, just everybody goes out and measures all their chairs. You know, they say, like my husband too, you know, you do that. You want to disprove everything that you can, you know. So you say, well, I was wearing a white T-shirt yesterday, but I was sitting out in the sun for half an hour, you know. So maybe 
the sunlight hit through the t-shirt, made the marks from the print, you know, on the, on the chair, which in itself is very unlikely. And then you go out and you measure the chair and you put a piece of paper behind it, you know, and you take your pencil and you see that the pattern isn't anything like it. And, you know, you're just doing stuff like that because. And that's, that's that's immediately where my mind went to, because I literally had a, a set of four of those chairs on my mm-hmm. deck at one point. And, and I do recall at, at, at some point, you know, uh, whether I was leaning heavily on one shoulder, one arm or the other, um, right. having marks that looked very similar to that. Only it was, it was actually in reverse because it was leaving the marks of the, the pattern, not where the, the cutouts were. Um, right. Right. So it was a reverse of it, but yeah, that's immediately where my thought went to upon my first cool. looking of it is like, well, we're sitting in one of those deck chairs. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, that's absolutely not it. Right. Well, guess what? It isn't that. Um, and then, and then this is something that a lot of people, um, something that they ask on the Facebook group, but that a lot of people seem to have something is that they have, they ask always, were there any accompanying dreams or, mm-hmm. you know, strange things that happened around that time? And, I can say for my husband and I, there neither of us had any dreams that we could recall. I'm not great about that. I've definitely had some significant dreams in my life that, you know, that, that I, I do remember. But unfortunately, it is at this point still the exception and not the rule for me, you know. Yeah. But but one thing that has been in common for many people that have had dreams, oftentimes they're having dreams where they're seeing the future or a future and it's usually um you know war scenes floods just just real um active trauma that they're in the middle of and having that they find themselves to be a part of you know trying to trying to right the situation you know like they're being they're being shown yeah that happens a lot for people um and then several people have dreams of of being um with grays or or um you know on a ship or something and and um i don't have any recollection of anything like that um i think it happens maybe like my senses you know because and and i really don't know i really don't know but my sense is that i wasn't taken aboard any kind of a craft it feels like it, it's something that happens interdimensionally and I have very limited means in, in how to, how to convey why I think that is and what that would even look like, you know, but yeah. just that, 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 you know, that there's things on the physical world and there's a whole lot going on behind the scenes. Um, well, it's interesting. And- it's interesting that you say that because I, I was messaged by another, um, another interested party in this and her relating her story to me was that she was having a dream and she felt like she was hanging partially outside of her New York apartment in a, uh, what she thought was maybe like a metallic, uh, garbage chute. Hmm. Um, her lower, her lower extremities were in the chute and the, the, from the waist up, she was like actually in her apartment hmm. and she saw her, saw her mother in front of her, um, oh, wow. and she was kind of panicking and, um, 
the, the gist of the story was, you know, once, once she came out of this and she found these markings on her, um, they were on her lower extremity and she, she almost made the, the association with the, her, her mind was trying to wrap, was trying to figure out what the hell was going on. So it, it's easiest, uh, most, uh, rudimentary ability to try to convey what was going on was that she was trapped in something metal, which she thought was the, the shoot. Um, but that happened to be the, the area that she had markings on. So whether she was in some sort of a, um, a container uh, or a, uh, a, a mechanical resonance chamber, somewhat like a uh, MRI or, or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, um, it was, ju- it was just odd that her dream es- yeah. essentially uh, mapped out the area that she was receiving the marks on. Yeah, um, that, that's just incredible. You know, and, and that that kind of you know, of course, it's a dream, so it's it's masked in in pictures and such, you know. But um, it, it reminds me of screen memories, you know. Like there, there's been so many times, um, you, you know, in the course of of the a lot of stuff that has been going on since since the November where um, I've really it's very unsettling and disconcerting and hard to keep your feet on the ground you know when you're dealing with a lot of um sort of super sensible phenomena and i've wondered many times you know what exactly screen memories are but even you know how how our subconscious um rationalizes to keep us safe and you know how or how maybe we're we're shown screen memories so that we don't remember accurately things mm-hmm. that are going on that maybe are traumatic or you know that our rational minds just don't know how to how to how to work with yet. And I think screen you know? screen memories the the actual the the name screen memories and and the the gist of what you're getting at has has been made largely popular in the UFO community, uh, mm-hmm. particularly with, uh, uh, the abduction phenomenon and people who have experienced it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, that's, you know, to, to bring that up makes me think that somewhere in your subconscious that the idea of that possibility Mm-hmm. has to be one that you you at least accept to some extent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep even though Definitely. even though you say you've you've had no indicators or inclinations of of having been abducted um, well i have no conscious recall you know i have no and um um yeah i haven't i haven't woken up hanging off the edge of my bed and I haven't woken up with someone else's clothes on or clothes backwards. I did wake up to a completely blood filled pillowcase um, as one of the things that happened along the course of it that made absolutely no, no sense at all and was completely baffling. And, And just as baffling was my husband and my own reaction to the, to, to that incident. 
Um, yeah, let's get but, it. Let's get into that because you you right. you brought this up briefly with me yeah, in our first conversation, I did. and I didn't want you to ruin anything for me. On right, this. right. <laughs> um, but this this was one of the uh, the larger written notes on my pad was cover the blood stain bed case. Yeah. Well, yeah. So 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 let me. I'm going to back up a little bit. Um, since let's, let's take November, 2020 as kind of like the, the starting date for this portion of, of my life and of a lot of weirdness. But, um, I had been, I meditate regularly. Um, I, I, I'm a very spiritual person and, and, um, I've always been very, 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 very sensitive. And I would say like the etheric realm, the energy realm, the realm um, sort of in between is has been my sort of natural language since I was very young. Um, and it's taking a, it's taken me a lot of time most of my life for sure to start to feel comfortable and to start to differentiate what is mine and what's yours because my whole life, as soon as anyone walks into the room, um, I feel them. I feel, I feel their emotions. I feel their thoughts. I can, I can see things about them, not see them like with my eyes, but it's, it's just a knowing that's there. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as a child, when I would just, I would say something from what I knew about a person, it, it took a long time to realize that you don't say things like that. People don't see that themselves, you know? Um, but I had been meditating and I really just had a question in my heart, just a reawakening of a deep longing for my, my spiritual family. You know, I've always felt that I came from elsewhere. Um, I always can felt, you, can you explain that a little bit yeah, more? Came from I elsewhere. sure can. Yeah. I always felt like a stranger in this world. Um, even in my family. And I would bet, I would bet that a lot of us do feel that way. You know, you're kind of, you're the odd one, sort of the black sheep. Um, but just my very, very earliest memories were of feeling everything in my environment and just feeling like the, the family that I was born into, that they just, they were, there was so much, um, there was so much pain and trauma and I didn't know how to help them. And you're, like, de you're describing mother, being an empath. Yeah, I, I would say that I, I would say that for sure I am. And like my mother, she um, was born in Germany and she was born in 38, 1938. And um, my grandfather was taken to a concentration camp and my no. grandmother got her out in the nick of time and they were in hiding. So she was in hiding through her formative years for, I think, five years, I want to say. Um, and then my grandfather actually got out and eventually they immigrated to to America and then they wound up in Duluth, Minnesota, which is where I grew up. Um, but I always felt I, I could just I could feel I could feel that circumstance and that loneliness in her. And um, I think I always felt from a very young age that I needed to keep myself safe. And that was simply from 
the fact that everyone felt so unhappy around me. And it feels very uncomfortable to be unhappy all the time. And I felt like um, if I was going to be happy and free myself, it was almost like blaspheming, you know, like, how dare you? How dare you go and have a nice, happy life when everyone around you is suffering? And of course, they weren't only suffering, but I just absorbed that, you know, and I've been like an antenna. And in that sense, and I didn't know, you don't know that there's anything different from how you think to how anyone else in the world thinks. But I also had spiritual experiences from a young age that looking back now that I'm starting to verbalize them a little bit um, to others, um, I, I never talked to anyone about them. And that's a little curious to me, you know, as, as a young child, but I just like, that was my, that's where my grounding was in reality was with this, these spiritual beings and this sense of having a spiritual origin and questions along those lines. And that really formed a large part of myself. Um, so even in the traditional religion that I grew up in, I think I was very, um, obnoxious, but I really wanted to know. I didn't understand the difference in religions. I didn't understand why one person or one culture has one name for God, so they get to go to heaven, but everyone else in the world that may be yeah. living in to- total harmony and goodness, we talked a little bit about that too, yeah. that, they, that they're going to be left out. And things like that really from about the age of 12, I remember, just puzzled me. Um, I also had a lot of senses of things that I was going to places I was going to live and things that I was going to do, but I, it wasn't something that I just held on. It was just something that I knew and people around me weren't doing those kinds of things. Um, You know, back in the eighties, people from where I grew up, at least anyone that I knew, nobody wanted was going to go to India. And I knew that I was going to go there and live for a period and, I knew that I would live in Greece, you know, one day, but I didn't have a relationship to the culture necessarily or the mythology. I just sort of knew. And my life has taken a course where I have traveled, you know, quite a bit and and experienced experienced the land, the earth in many places of the world. And it's just been it's just been a different incarnation. You know, I always admired in a way the people that knew what they wanted to do that could go to school that were going to go to college and get a job and get married and just just were so in line with that whole process because that just had nothing to do with me you know and I couldn't make it fit and it wasn't at a time where there was a lot of opening for anything spiritual or anyone around me that was either so it was very lonely in in that sense you know I just had my own path to take and I didn't have a lot of a lot of support or outlets to um to find my way to that um in a way that integrated with the rest of my life does that make sense it does but it also it also shows me that you're a very strong person in that you you continued to follow that path rather than you know it wasn't even a choice for me but thank you I appreciate that you know because I've spent so many years I really have spent so many years of my life feeling like a failure you know because I don't fit into this world and I've wanted to, you know, I've always felt like such an outsider, whereas 
I think blessed are the young that that don't fit into the world and don't need to, you know, because they have an independent point of departure at that time. There was both, I have this very different life that I'm going to lead and I have, I have my own drummer and there was a sense of, of, oh, I don't fit in the world. I'm never gonna, you know, I'm never gonna make it and I can't even, or I'm never gonna make the success as the world sees it, you know, and, and, um, and yet there's such a young, there's such a segment of society and it's growing and because People are coming out and talking, you know, um, the only reason that that I'm starting to have the life that I'm having, which is really my own life, finally, you know, mm. it's because other people have been talking about their experiences. And then all of a sudden, I can relate to something that somebody says. And hopefully, you know, something I have to say can wake up something and give someone else a little bit of courage or a little bit of understanding or a little bit of an ability to break through that that sort of fog of, wait, what what's going on and and what is reality? You know, and are there Absolutely. are there other layers of reality and which realities am I gonna really pay attention to and feed, you know? So I think the times are really exciting and that there is um, it's true what you're saying. And at the same time, I think there is more than ever the opportunity for an independent point of departure, you know, and that it is, but it's a, I think it's a volatile time to have that, that true that, yeah, you know, it's, uh, you are, you are now faced more than ever with a, uh, an opposing group to, to whatever side you take, you know, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that has to do with the social media culture and everybody having uh, mm. social media uh, justice warriors and, and this uh, empowering um, uh, sense of, I can say whatever I want to say and take whatever kind of stance I want to take because nobody can get to me because this is just my avatar. or This is just my, um, wow. one of four different uh, social media accounts or, you know, uh, wow. See, know, and I don't live in that world. So yeah, I guess so. I guess there's that. Um, okay. Is yep. it okay if I get back? Yes. To- <laughs> I told you this would happen. I told you this would happen. Oh, that's so fine. Meandering <laughs> is fine, but I'm just nervous enough, you know, that, no, that I may completely lose my train of thought. But in any case, so, you know, I'd, I'd been meditating in this question, this longing, this quest was really, really strong in my heart. You know, I really want to spend whatever bit of time that I have left in this beautiful world of ours. Um, I would really ideally spend it with those that want what I have to offer and those that, that are working in a similar way in the world and that want similar goals, you know, that, that I can, that I can move away from the stuff that makes no sense to me. Um, and that, that was part of it. Um, and so Around this time, too, then, we started to have outwardly, um, it seems like an increase in activity, like in our house and around our house. And there's a couple of things that I, that I wanted to tell you about. Yeah, and what, what one kind is, of activity? Okay, so one of the first things I remember happening is um, I have a pair of diamond earrings that I had lost one of to my horror um, like a good half a year to a year beforehand, um, that was last November. And 
Um, you know, probably the vacuum cleaner sucked it up or something, but we've got a fairly small bedroom and our bed takes up most of the room in it. So there's not a lot of floor space on it and, you know, it gets cleaned regularly enough. Um, but one day I, I opened, I shut the door. So I saw behind it and there was sitting the diamond that, that I had lost, you know, like kind of like right in the middle. Mm -hmm. It's like the the door was open just a little bit, but if I had it even closed all the way to the wall, the diamond would have been right there. And there's no way that it had been there for the last year. Yeah. So we got that back and it's always like, Oh, hooray. That's so nice. Thank you very much. Um, I had a hawk, which it was a hawk or a falcon. I'm not sure. Um, but we, we have bird feeders and we have, you know, those, like those ewes that you, they're, they're, um, like iron or whatever. Oh, yeah. There's some, there's some material and they have little places where you can hang your bird feeders mm-hmm. from the birds can step on. And this is right before, um, our big picture windows in, in our living room and a hawk came up to it. So it was probably a foot away from the window itself. And it looked inside for probably seven minutes. Just staring at me. And I looked at it, just staring at me and me staring at it. And I filmed it for for quite a long time because it was it was just kind of bizarre. Um, you know, so and and I really, I really love um nature and spend a lot of time outside and um I usually barefoot until about this time the snow comes. My grandmother used to always say, oh, Ellie, with her thick German accent, oh, you're going to hurt your kidneys. You know, I just like never had my shoes and have lost them most of the time. And I just, you know, I'm an earthy person. We have a big garden out there. Um, That helps you be grounded. Mm -hmm, Yeah. And thank goodness I need stuff like that. So it's, it's really great that I'm a Taurus and that, (laughs) that I like stuff like that. I climb trees and and whatnot, but so we've got a couple dogs and we went on this, we we would go on walks regularly. And at the end of our block, um, I would say like four houses down, there's this, just this little park, you know, it would take you like five minutes to walk the loop around it. It's got a little swing set and it's got houses um, off to one side. And then it's got these small swamps, um, which we have some, you know, really pretty birds. There's some ducks that go there. Of course, the deer like to, um, you know, knock down the the tall grass and, and sleep there. And one day we were walking with two of our dogs and, an owl um, swooped right in front of our face and went up to, to a branch on the tree above us. And normally I think my dogs would bark like crazy, but my husband, myself and our two dogs stared and watched that owl sit there and, and eat. I don't know what it had, if if it had a mouse or whatever, but um, probably for like five minutes and they were just silent. We were all just staring and, and she let us watch her and, I got this very strong, this is going to sound silly, um, but I'm going to say it anyway, but I got this really strong feeling um, of her being like an auntie. She had that kind of energy, like a, like an older aunt that, that deserves some respect. And I was speaking to her in my mind. Um, and then within a couple of days, I had a dream with her. And like, as you remember, I don't remember a lot of my dreams, but in this dream, I was in a forest and she came and she swooped right in front of me. And then she landed down on the ground and just looked at me. Um, 
And at that time we had a couple mice in our basement that we found, Mm -hmm. which we hadn't had before. And there's no way I'm going to kill them. So we bought all these live traps, you know, where you put some peanut butter on the end and then you have to release them. And so we were catching the mice and my husband and it was, it hadn't gotten snowy yet quite yet, you know, but it was starting to get colder and my husband would bring them to work cause he, he works far out, you know, and he would let them out. And I brought them a couple of times to that, to that little swampy area, the mice. And I would just tell them, listen, tell your friends that they need to find another place, place to live because we can't have you in our house. And, I don't want you, you know, to get eaten or whatever, but you have to find another place. I'm going to keep bringing you guys out there. And so I was bringing them out. And then I realized that I was thinking a lot about the dream. And I realized that she was telling me that she wanted me to bring her some food. Um, Because when she swooped down um, on the ground in the dream, there were three people that were having a picnic and she was sitting, standing there and staring at them. And I realized that she was asking me to bring her some of the mice that we had. And I felt very wary about that. I didn't want to be the in-between for something like that, you know? Yeah. And so I was telling the mice to be careful and that I didn't want to do that. But when I brought this mouse out there that time, you know, I spoke to her telepathically or, you know, just inside my head, inside my own heart And that was that, that was its own thing. But Hmm. the curve then, so this is, that's at the end of the street. It's like the, the, the five houses end and then you cross the street and it's a little, you know, it's a residential street. It's not a busy street. And then there's that little tiny park. Um, But if you don't go into the park and you go down the street, it leads to a path where we would do, you know, like this three mile little hike And it happened two times for sure. And I believe it happened three times, but for sure, two times we were walking um, on the way back. So we were on one side of the street and not the other. And it was near this area where there was a grate on the street, you know, a gutter grate. And my dogs, my, it's a very heavy dog leash that we have, you know, um, and where the leash is connected to the dog's, um, the dog's harness. Um, the dog wasn't pulling. We were just walking. We were going near that grate. And all of a sudden, the leash isn't on the dog. And in fact, it's hopped off to the side. What? And this happened two times for sure, if not three. And my husband was there as a witness. And yeah, exactly. Like, What? It's on him. It's not on him. And it's one of those things. It's a very heavy, um, you know, the, the, the contraption, it's a normal contraption where you press sort of this thing in and then the bottom piece opens and then you hook it around your dog and, Mm -hmm. you know, again, playing with it in 15 different angles, there's no way that it just, that it undid itself. Right. And And each time the dog, each time it was, it was right there at the grate. uh, It was right there at the grade. It it was the same place. um, And, and it just, it popped off. It just was uh, one moment. It's there. It was like a time slip. That's what it was. And we've had several of those kind of experiences um, where it's almost like, it's almost like there was a warp. There was a warp in the fabric of life and it's there. And then it's not there. 
And it's things like that, even when they happen in the physical world, like the marks, you almost don't even believe it. And it was like that with the with the pillow and the blood. Um, so that was just one more thing is, is I woke up and and then my husband's like, what's all over your pillow? And my whole entire pillow was completely covered with splatters of blood. And some of them were... I would say just under the size of a quarter, like they were properly big clumps of blood. And then there were little splatterings. I looked at it and I had just made the bed the the day before. And he's like, did you just, did you put that sheet on and and you didn't notice it? And I'm like, of course not, you know, And, and why would we have a bloody pillowcase? In there, I mean, I don't even remember the last time in my life I had a nosebleed. I was you know, just going to ask I, if you were prone to nosebleeds. Yeah, I, I'm not prone to nosebleeds, you know, and it wasn't particularly dry. But the other thing was there was absolutely no blood on my face. There was no blood on my nose, on my ear, my hair, my clothes, like nothing transferred on it. And it wasn't on the pillow below it. It didn't go on there. But one of you the mean it things didn't, it didn't soak through the it, it didn't soak through. Thank you. Yeah, huh. yeah. And it's it's one of those things. And this is this is a phenomena that accompanies the the weird stuff that happens where you're you're in this you're in this fog. It's like something comes over you and you're not able to think correctly because normally I would have taken a million pictures of it. You know, mm-hmm. like hello, I would have documented it, like I did, of course the the grid marks and stuff you want to document what you can just for your own mind so you can look back and say no that didn't really happen I'm just was you know I must have been dreaming that but what I did instead is threw it down the chute and and washed it and um now I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this you know blood, blood is not easily removed from from clothing or or bedding came came out perfectly Oh, that's odd. Yeah, it came out perfectly. That, like I said, there was not a smudge on me. There was no, there were no marks, and so that in itself, and it was our pillowcase. Um, I have heard people that have been abducted that sometimes people wake up with other people's clothes on, or their pajamas are on backwards, or you know, like just things are hanging in in funny in funny ways. Um, but this was our pillowcase and you know, that's what happened. And it was just one of those things and you kind of go on with your day, you know, but it it keeps you feeling a little bit strange and a little bit divorced from life as life is, you know, like it it, it can create a, a sort of sense of isolation when these things happen because you can't really just bring them up with people, you know, and, and even with my husband and I, with all these strange things that have happened, we talk about it a little bit, but then it's just like, I don't know. There's just not much more. Um, and then th- there's there was one other thing that was kind of more major, um, and that is that I had bought this these bells to hang. It hangs on our front door, and it's it's um it's one line, and then there's three big bells. I would say like. Um, Oh, golly. Like the size of a silver dollar coin, you know, 
So three big, three big bells. And then there's, there's one, two, three, or four different places where they hang and they hang on the bottom. And then it's this strip that you hang over the door. And the idea is I wanted my dogs to start to touch their noses to the bells and ring it so that we could let them out so that I could hear them when I was in a different room. Well, they were having nothing of it. (laughs) And it was in fact fun. It was fun playing with them because they would avoid it so much. And they were looking at it like it was voodoo, but they weren't touching those bells, you know, and and (laughs) my husband and I were, yeah, they were, they were just like, no way. What is that? (sighs) You know? So, so my husband and I were like, well, who's going to hold out longer? You know, we weren't letting them out with them barking. We were waiting trying to get them to see it because they're smart. They know, they know what, what to do. So in any case, those bells were there and um, they had been up for a while and I honestly, I can't remember if this happened the same night or if this happened another night, but this kind of thing was happening a lot where I would wake up and there would be noise in the house And my dogs would be dead asleep and my husband would be dead asleep. Whereas normally at least my dogs would wake up because Mm -hmm. they wake up to anything and they're hyper vigilant in that sense. And my dogs and my husband, they were just out, you know, like out, like there was no waking them. And there were several times over the course of months where things like that would happen. And there would just be a lot of light in the room, but not the kind of light that I've heard people describe when they're, taken like it's so much light that you can't even see that you're blinded it wouldn't be like that but it would be like the room would just have like strips of light and I'd be watching them and I would be kind of in a fog and there's nothing to do about it or wake someone up but there's nothing outside either so you're just kind of looking at them you know and I remember there was another time that that yeah that I woke up and the last thing I saw as I was waking up and, you know, the way I had justified it in my mind, and as far as I know, this is true and only true, um, what I was seeing as I was waking up was the end of the dream, it seems. And what it was was the top of a spaceship um, ascending above our bed, and I saw the lights, green, yellow, blue, white. And, you know, it was just maybe like half a second as I was waking up, and it was gone. But I felt like it was my husband and I were there, standing below it. And then all of a sudden I'm awake. But so that night with the dogs being asleep, if it was that night or if it wasn't that night, that kind of a thing would happen a lot. But I heard um, we we have their kennels in, in our living room with the doors open and they like to that's one of the places that they can go and hang out. We don't really keep them in there when we're gone for work or whatever. But um, when you hit the, the metal um, of the doors, you know, it makes a noise. And I heard that sound. And then I heard a bell ring, which my husband had also heard a couple times. And he got up the next day, he gets up early for work. And one of those big bells, that's at least the size of, of a silver dollar coin. Um, and they're, they're on key rings. And the key ring is very thick and very tight. You know how hard it is to open key rings. <laughs> yeah. You know what, I don't know if it's even called a key ring, but, you know, like if you get a new um, name tag for your dog, you know, you have to put it on with one of those and you have to force them open with your nail. And this one's super heavy duty. So one of one of the three sets of um, bells was sitting right in front of the door um, on the floor in the middle of the rug that we have um, sitting in front of the door. 
on its own, just sitting there, (laughs) you know, so these are harm, harmless enough, but weird. Um, yeah. And there were many times during the sickness where, um, where I just got a feeling, you know, like watching my husband, I didn't know at times if I was losing him, you know, because he looked so vacuous and, we didn't go to the hospital. There was one day where we were close and he wanted to just wait and he was able to get some water down. And that's kind of about the time where um, his fever and everything started to started to break a little bit. But there were days where I would just watch him and, you know, just wonder if, you know, if this was the end of his time here, if he yeah. was if he was going to exit, it was really and he 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 would describe things to me and because of just the my own meditation and spiritual work it made me think that what he was experiencing was a download um and i've had that experience too where where you just you feel like you're receiving information you feel like stuff is going on and it isn't coming from your brain it isn't coming from you but it's sort of uploading or downloading into you. And that's kind of the best way I can describe it, but it would feel like that. Can you be a little more specific as to like the type of stuff that you're receiving or you thought he was receiving? I'm going to, I'm going to try to get back to that, to that sort of feeling experience because it's really in the feeling realm. Um, I don't want dead air. So (laughs) give me a moment. Um, Oh, geez. Take your time. It's like, it's like an atmospheric pressure changes around you. And it's like, so, so here's your physical body, you know, and then if you could draw your finger in a circle all around you, let's say that that area um, around you is, is your life body or what I call the etheric body um, or where the aura is. And in that area of us is that's energy, you know, Mm -hmm. that isn't physical substance or matter. Um, And it's, it's more in that area. So it's not as much a physical perception as it is like a super sensible beyond the sensible perception, but you just feel like, um, you just feel like something something's coming into your mind and you may not be able to pull it up at the moment um but it's it's knowledge that's hmm. that's the that's the best i can do with it um have, have you but had, i look have you had instances where you were able to call upon that knowledge and and be like oh where did that come from i yeah, I mean those things where all of a sudden you 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 verbalize something and it's something that you didn't know before, that kind of a thing, mm-hmm. like a knowing. It's 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 come to me like a knowing and um I do animal um intuitive work like I I I can hear my animals and um telepathy has been a part of my life um from forever. That's, that's one thing that, that has always been there. Um, but I do animal communication work and that's, that's what it often feels like for me when I get information or even about people, um, I don't necessarily see it with my eyes, but it's almost like the feeling is like my, 
I, I have the information and the knowledge. And as I speak it, I'm populating a picture that I'm not able to physically form into something that I can see. But I'm making it real through my words. But that's not because I'm making it up. I'm, I'm finding words that's giving form to the life energy of the subject. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> does it? It, it, it does. Um, I mean, you, you definitely have to wrap your head around what, what it is you're saying, but you know, I, I I think, I think it's, or or it's like, it's like mediumship when you, if you start to, if you start to, some people, some people see actual things for me, I feel it like if, if I'm with a person and all of a sudden I feel a presence, um, I feel like a loving presence, let's say, and Mm -hmm. then. I have my own language that I've grown and worked with over the years um, to give messages. So like for me, if it is a grandparent, let's say I'm usually feeling the energy behind the person. Whereas if it's a, if it's a parent, I feel the energy in front of the person. If it's on the mother's side, I feel the energy more on the left side. If it's the father, it's more on the right side. And anybody can develop their own language. It doesn't matter. It's just that you know. And for me, I think it's like the left side is more the emotional, the feeling side. And so that's more the feminine. Hmm. And that's why I get it that way. So I have... So I'm not actually necessarily seeing someone standing right in that place, but I feel the energy. And as I speak it, it's true. You know, I can feel the reality of it and it almost helps. It helps it to incarnate. You know, it helps to bring bring it down and in actually into the world, even though it isn't physically visible. Do you have to physically be in in front of somebody to be able to have those kind of feelings not at all or can can you can you essentially read me um if if i tuned in i i could start to do that and that that would take a different set of skills like like what happens to me many times eric is when is when like let's say i'm i'm working and and somebody comes let's say i'm registering people for 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 something (laughs) and as they come up i just know a lot about them you know and some of it could be reading body or if I'm, if I'm just sitting and talking to someone, I'm just meeting someone, let's say at a party or going on a walk. Some of it can be some of their body language stuff that we unconsciously do anyway. But I, I also just pick up. I just know a lot of things. Um, and I was speaking about that earlier that, that you learn to not say everything that you mm-hmm. know, because it seems to me that it's just common knowledge so some things I can get just from a name, from a picture, from a voice, from a question somebody asks, I can get information. Um, but, you know, you don't do that. You don't want to, you don't. I don't invasively go into people, right. you know, and doing something like mediumship, I wouldn't do that unless it was asked. And then I would do a different kind of inward preparation for that because I work with my guides um, with that. And I'd want to sort of invite that influx of um helpful information in to the process do you do you have a good idea of where your guides are from that is a really great question um i 
know that they have been with me forever. And I know that that longing for my spiritual family has to do with that, that those are, those are the same presences. I also know that some of my guides are ancestors. I know that I have medical guides and helpers, all of which I don't know. Um, I know that I have some Sasquatch connection, but nothing in the physical. It's the etheric um, presence of that beingness that, that I've also come into contact. And that also was something that presented itself to me around this time. Okay, um, now, if you know anything about me, you're going to have to get into that. I know. Well, you know, and I, I, I don't know anything about you except that when we had initially talked, you had, you had mentioned that you'd mentioned, well, I looked up your podcast when, mm-hmm. when, you know, before approaching you to see what it was about. And I listened to the first couple and they were, um, they were, it was a two part series. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. You. Um, the family in Michigan that I think homesteads and, and their Sasquatch things. So yeah. that was a hundred percent. I felt in my whole being that that was absolutely true. Um, and so I don't know what your relationship is, but my relationship is, is that I've never been interested in Sasquatch, so to say, like the whole phenomena of Bigfoot. Like I've never been interested in the shows where they're going after the fingerprints, the the footprints mm-hmm. and the hair and all this kind of evidence, proof, proof, proof. But I understand why it's because I and I and so listening to that and the little bit that I have heard now and listened to about Sasquatch and people's different experiences. I have a theory that there well, I think that there are so many, 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 many different um families of Sasquatch and that there's so many, just like there are people, there's so many different um, cultures of them and depending on where they're located and where they live. And I also believe that there are some that are in the etheric realm because one thing that, that often coexists with the Sasquatch phenomena is the UFO phenomena. And one thing that coexists with the UFO phenomena oftentimes are Sasquatch experiences. And one thing that ties into both of those experiences are the sightings of owls. Hmm. Mm hmm. Well, and so, so, so I've never, I haven't had um, any experience out in the woods um, or hearing the howling, but during the same time of doing this meditation, I started to have this experience for one thing, um, my ability to communicate with animals, um, which really, really, really started to amp up a few years back because of the animals that we rescued. Um, one of them particularly, we, we, we tend to take the ones that, that, that are going to wind up sitting for a really long time or getting killed because they have a lot of problems or a lot of trauma or whatever, you know, and we're, we're just really able to love them up and work with them well. And, and because of the trauma that, that our dog Eli was carrying with him, you know, we really out of necessity, he and I really have learned how to communicate. And it's been, it was just really, you know, no doubt in my mind, um, what was going on. And so in the course of this, me doing my daily meditations, I, I had this, vision while I was meditating and I was sitting with my legs folded and I had my hands out, my palms facing up and my hands, you know, just sitting on top of my knees. And all of a sudden 
against my forehead, there was an ape touching my forehead and then his or her. And I really don't fully have a sense, but I'm going a little more towards her. Like where my hands palms were facing up, her hands were over mine. So it would almost be like we would, we would form a, um, like a circle between our hands. So like our finger tip, her fingertips were touching sort of the bottom palm of my hands. You know, they were over me like that. And her, her forehead was touching my forehead. And I just felt this incredible, incredible love. And this, this very, very, very strong familiarity. And what I just so much love and what I thought and what I what I've been dreaming into is is just kind of like well how would I like my future to look and so what I thought you know that this was like okay you've got work with animals all over the world and I was just thinking oh wouldn't it be just so beautiful to be able to travel around the world and meet incredible people and have adventures again and also be able to actually meet animals from around the world and exotic animals even and be able to be one person that could represent them and represent their concerns and their, you know, their, their life, um, that that would be, wouldn't that be just a beautiful, a beautiful, um, kind of work to get to do. So that's what I felt at first that, that, um, this ape was, was showing me and was helping to bring about, yes, this is going to be a part of your life in some form or another. Was it, um, was it truly a hundred percent an ape or no, was it? No, but at that time, that's the best that I, that I could tell. I mean, so what it, the, the, the face doesn't have fur on it, but it, it is reddish, brownish, blackish colored. And I would say that she's probably, medium size around around six feet tall but it it just it looked like an ape and that's what I thought but very very shortly after this um I had listened to this was during COVID right so so there weren't conferences to go to but I have a friend that was presenting um, at a at a conference, and so I was listening to the weekend conference. And through that, I found um, I found like a movie or a video um, of this group of people that that go to this conference, and I think it was called the Psychic, the Spiritual Psychic Sashwash um, Conference, something like that but the word spiritual was in there. The word psychic was in there. And then there were interviews with people during this conference and they were talking about a couple of them were channeling, um, channeling some of the Sasquatch. And my feeling impression was I could feel what they were, what they were sensing and that it was a hundred percent true. All the hair was, raised all over my body and it's not the kind of thing I want to fit in somewhere so I'm going to make this true do you know what I mean it was it was and that's when I realized oh my gosh so this this isn't just an ape this is actually this spiritual being well there's and there's a very polarizing uh, population in the Bigfoot community there are those who only believe in the um, the, the the physical uh what can be proven, you know, the, the track casts, the, the hair samples, 
uh, witness sightings, uh, and then there's there's the woo camp, and the woo camp is uh, people who have had um, peripheral experiences while in the presence of these things that are, uh, you know, at best, I guess you could call supernatural events. Um, that accompany the presence of these these beings, and whether they're uh, uh, light anomalies or uh, the their ability to uh, hide themselves by you know actually cloaking in some mm-hmm. way, um, hmm. the use of mind speak, you know telepathy uh, to communicate, and uh, you know the Native American uh, traditions, most of the uh, most of the Native Americans will tell that these things are uh, one foot in in the physical realm and one foot in the spiritual realm. Um, Hmm. But there is a very polarized uh, population of people when it comes to this subject. You you typically either find you believe in the woo or no, those people are whack jobs. And and I think I know what documentary you're talking about as far as these people who were uh, communing with... um, and, and being able to uh, communicate with the Sasquatch, I believe. Uh, if I'm if I'm thinking of the same one, it's I, I believe it's a three part uh, mm-hmm. documentary, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's yeah, it, it's really really interesting stuff because uh, a lot of the woo is stuff that I gravitate towards. Um, hmm. I, I have a scientific mind, and you know, obviously, the, something is leaving footprints, so we can say. There is, you know, whether it's whether it's a seven foot bipedal ape like creature. And I can understand the need, you know, the desire for evidence, you know, but but and I can I can understand the fear too, like hearing their story, you know, like, you know, the the, the podcast that you had. Mm -hmm. I can understand that as well. Um, But. I think. I, I think that the well, from what I know anyway, is that they, the beings that I'm in contact with, um, I know that they're part of my helping group. And there were there were nights during the COVID and the recovery. There was one night I woke up and I felt like there was this whole healing circle around my husband, um, and that they were doing work on him, and that presence was definitively there and. From from the little bit that I have then researched and heard on my own as well, as far as the telepathic communication that at least the the ones that do contact telepathically, they're very attracted to people that are very um, empathetic, um, have strong empathy and, um, you know, hearts and a love for the earth and all of those things you know, I have in, in spades, you know, a real desire. And the way that I learned about the Sasquatch as well is that they are really the caretakers of the earth and they've been here for millenniums, like way, 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 way before any of us have. And that they're the highest kingdom of the animals as well. And that they're overseeing the care of the earth and, you know, learning about that the same time that I had this vision in my meditation and whatnot, I just felt such an intense and the familiarity of this being that this is a being and a, and an energy that I've known forever, but I felt such an intense love and gratitude and appreciation 
um, and pain, you know, for the, the changes that the world is going through now and has been and for the harm to, to the living mother earth, you know, mm-hmm. and for the yeah. lack of understanding and respect toward those people, our cousins, you know, I, I, I call them that way, you know, but I think if I was in the woods and I heard the threatening calls and whatnot, you know, I, I think that there definitely are fractions that, that are dangerous, you know, and that have no, have absolutely no desire to make a relationship with the human, yeah. human beings, you know, because and they've seen want, what we do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they are, and it is, they are, being threatened, you know, and uh, I, I get all of that. But the experiences that I've had have been very different to those is, is I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I think that there, there must be um, a parallel between the, the Sasquatch and these experiences happening, um, you know, like with the red grid marks and such. So I don't think they, they have to do one has to do with the other, but that somehow they, they cohabitate perhaps in the same realm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So where are you at as far as the, you know, both your, your husband and yourself experiencing these part of part of being a group that, you know, there's, there's, what did I think? uh, Like 1300 members of the, uh, the Facebook page. Where are you at as far as you and your husband's belief, as far as, why these things are happening. Yeah. So my, that's a great question. My husband is awesome. He's the perfect man for me. He is salt of the earth, you know, very, um, very grounded in this world. Um, He's a diesel mechanic. You know, he works with his hands. He works with his body. He has capacities that I have none of, and he really keeps me grounded, you know? So I'm, I'm ever grateful to him for that. And he has been very, very accepting of all of these strange things that have happened and seemingly very uninterested, (laughs) you know, like he is not, I, I, I'm the one because what happened at the same time as well, that I think I mentioned that to you on our conversation. And, and I think this happens to a lot of people. Maybe some people can relate to this, but I started, there were a couple of things that happened in November as well. And one is that um, I've always loved stargazing but I became obsessed, you know, I mean, I really think I became, I became just a little bit over the top. I mean, I spent my whole winter, I would get my whole snowmobile suit up on, you know, um, and I would go out with the dogs and it gets dark here around five, probably like it does in Michigan as well. But I, I would, um, sit on top of the dog house or even just like lay some things on the snow and I would stargaze at night and I would watch stars, but I was just becoming obsessive about it, you know, and, and, um, I did that every night and I also got very hypervigilant was sleeping. Um, yeah. So this hypervigilance, both with the, like with obsessively having to go out and watch the, watch the stars in the sky at night. The other thing that happened is, um, I just stopped sleeping and this is really terrible, but as soon as it would become night, I would be tired. I would need to sleep. I would want to sleep and I would just start to become very awake and either really want to meditate at that time. But I had this hypervigilance where I didn't want to go to sleep because I didn't want anything to happen to the family. I felt like I had to look after everyone. And at the same time, I did want something to happen, you know, 
Um, but it, it really makes life hard when you're not sleeping regularly yeah. and yeah, you know, and again, this is stuff that, that you can't really bring up with, with people generally, but thank goodness that my husband, you know, I could, I could tell him about stuff and I was, I was completely obsessed, you know, and I started listening to every podcast I could just of, of experiencers and, different things of Sasquatch just so that I could learn and relate from other people's stories. And it's been incredible, incredibly helpful. Um, you know, I'm really glad that people are out there speaking now. Um, but a couple other things happened shortly after the grid mark showed up. And this is, this is how it's evolved to where we are today. Then several months later, um, I had an experience one day where um, I walked into to the bathroom in the morning and it happened, it, it seems like it happened simultaneously, um, but it was like all of a sudden for a moment, the world that I was in and my husband, he was standing in the bathroom as well, that we were in, it completely shattered and all of a sudden I saw, I saw my whole life and it was, it was, it was like in a million shards of glass, you know, of, and broken pieces. And within a moment I was experiencing myself in this scene when I was four and this scene when I was seven and this scene when I was 32. And then some of the glass pieces were dropping away and others were coming in and it felt like, it felt like, and that's a little bit like a download kind of a feeling, but I don't think it was a download, but it it, it was like a displacement and rearrangement, you know? Um, what the heck? And a reintegrating of past experiences and past knowings um, to who I am today. And it was just a very brief moment that felt like forever, you know? And I know was related to the phenomena and is part of, is part of how it's how it's um, integrating in my system is is that what's real and what isn't real is sort of getting reorganized in myself, you know, and things that I thought were true in the past, even though I can't clearly remember and recall what to you they were, are now different in my mind, in my brain, in my being, in my in my um, energetic field as well. Um, and are you, um, are you talking about like a literal disorganization of your consciousness and, and, a, and a reorganizing I, of it? That's, that's what I, that's what I would say. And it happened in a split second. Um, and yeah, you know, it, I don't know how to further further explain that, and I don't even know where it fits in, you know, because all of these things, there's not a very clear, you're going to have to have some pretty thick and hardy thread, you know, to tie yeah. from one little bit of strangeness to the other, and that's just how it is, you know, you've just got a whole bunch of weirdness. Was your husband you've, experiencing you've got this like, as well? No, 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 not at all, not at all. I just walked past him in the bathroom, and I had this experience for a moment, and, you know, it was, it was just realer than real. And then went on to real, to the physical 3d life, so to say. And yeah, that was it. 
it was like the Elliness. The Elliness was less present, and the eternal part of myself was more on the forefront. But everything plays out through the vehicle of Elliness because that's the vehicle that I wear in this lifetime. Okay, and I, it was. I've, I've got to ask this before you get too far away from it. Yeah, the yeah, way yeah. the way you explained it, and maybe it was just your choice of words. I might I might be reading this completely wrong, but. Were you indicating that some of what you thought was real was now understood as not being real? In a sense, what I'm indicating is is that the way that my conscience and my unconscious um had my reality set in my mind, you know, mm-hmm. was being changed. It was being expanded upon and it's sort of um, things that need things that were ready and needed to be shed were shedding at that time and other things were coming back. So maybe a little bit like the shamanic experience um, of soul retrieval mm-hmm. where, where, you know, you call back parts of yourself are, are retrieved. So that, and that's what I mean, like a disorganization and a re reorganization. Um, that's that's I was, a tough one to wrap your head around. As, as it's far very as somebody, tough. And it happened in a, and it happened in a, and it happened in a second. But if, if any of that even, even makes sense, just kind of like, leave it at that because yeah. there's not much to go into and it hasn't directly, you know, like I didn't see any direct effects in any manner in my life, but it's part of a process that is definitely going on behind the scenes. And I think it has to do. And I think my husband in his own way, although I can't, you know, he would have to speak for himself, but from what I observe and from what I know of, of spiritual experiences myself and him not being someone that's actively been seeking, you know, the, the woo woo stuff or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Um, I think I'm observing some of that integration, that that there's the, that red grid marks aside, there's a process going on in us. And my sense is now as time is going on, um, even though there can be this feeling of being invaded and you certainly feel out of control because you didn't choose it, you didn't call it in as far as you know, and what are those marks have been taken? Has something been done to me? You know, all of those things that are normally, obviously going to come up within all of that insecurity that, that, that I went through and felt or can feel or go through, um, there, there's something on a bigger level that I'm more able to allow now, um, as I'm just sleeping better and just sort of changing, changing some habits and being more willing, I guess, in a way, or more feeling more safe and feeling a little more my feet on the ground, um, that there, there's a integration of, things for both of us because also in the beginning I felt too I felt oh my god I did this to my husband now my husband's having these experiences and he's being taken and I brought this into his life and you know you feel awful but I had a sense in me that would say at the same time like from from just from deep in my gut no Ellie this belongs to him too you know this is pre-earthly you know the thing I can't val the thing that I can't validate that but 
the Hi. thing that strikes me is the number of times that you have just in in conversation just maybe for lack of better words have said being taken yeah you've, you've said that multiple times and and i'm not yeah. trying i'm not trying to force any anything on this i just i find it you know from somebody who does not have a recollection of being taken or somebody who doesn't have any well, because I know people that have that that have been on craft. I know people that have been shown specific things. So you know, like that, I, I I couldn't I couldn't say that. And and I don't know. I really don't know if I have been because things can happen um, in all uh, in all sorts of layers. You know, they they can happen interdimensionally, and maybe that has been where where the realm of my experiences have been. I really don't know. I, more will be revealed. I hope. I hope. I would really. The other thing, like to know. as as far as you know, like having brought up, and I, I have to, I have to say this because, unfortunately, or fortunately, I, I don't know if it's good or bad, but you know, some people um, that that listen to these types of podcasts, uh, you know, have somewhat of a conspiracy conspiratorial mind, and the fact that we brought up. Um, you and your husband having COVID uh, just prior to the red marks. I want to indicate to the listeners that in no way, shape or form, am I making the assumption that their COVID infection had anything to do with the marks appearing? I don't believe so either. And I have been left with the wondering and the feeling um, if some kind of a healing, you know, if those marks, for whatever they represent, if that also helped um, him to heal so that he hasn't had any long-term effects. He also had a, he had a tremor in a hand that went away and he had a floater that went away. And that was remarkable to me. The floater has come back a little bit, but the tremor is completely gone and it was pretty bad. And um, he had that, and, uh, he had that prior to, uh, prior to COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I don't know. I don't know, but you know, like when you talk about, like now time is gone. What, what else have I been able to integrate? My sense is, is that, you know, I, I wonder anyway, like, did they, whoever they are, you know, did they use this opportunity to see how our bodies are able to work with this? And then at the same time, did they help us, you know, to, to heal better, to heal the lungs? Did they, you know, because there, there's a lot of people that, that feel and, and Dolores Cannon's work, if anyone is those those people that are familiar with with her work with regressions mm-hmm. um, and then the the waves of of volunteers they call it but the that many people that are being tracked um, one that it's a pre earthly um, agreement um, but also that that they are looking how how our our DNA how our systems are adjusting, you know, maybe to the toxins in the world, to the things that are being added. So, you know, there, there could be a correlation, but no, the, the COVID didn't, didn't, um, didn't cause it, but I do and I almost, think I'm sorry. that he, he got some, probably both of us got some help um, with the healing of it. And that leads me to wonder that if this is something that happens when somebody is, 
and I'm going to say under attack, and I, and I don't really mean by anything um, otherworldly or, or demonic or anything like that. That's not what I'm getting at. But the fact that you guys were both in distress as far as being ill, and you were mm-hmm. under attack from this uh, this this virus that is mm. is ravaged uh, the world. I had a I had an episode uh, a while back. Uh, Prayers answered, I believe, was the name of it. And mm. a gentleman woke up with a, a mark on his shoulder. Coloration mm. wise, same as what you guys are experiencing. Um, mm-hmm. But his, when I saw it, and I, and I, again, this was just kind of by happenstance. I came across his Instagram uh, uh, video. And he showed his, he showed this mark on his shoulder and it immediately took me back to a few weeks, a few weeks prior when I was for some reason, uh, I don't know why, uh, looking into uh, angelic symbols. Um, Hmm. you know, I was, I knew angels had names, but I was wondering if there were some kind of, um, uh, runes or, or insignias that, you know, indicated, uh, per specific angel. And, uh, for some reason that, that, that spot on his shoulder, it reminded me of one of the angelic symbols. And, uh, he and I had a pretty long conversation about it and he kept talking about a time that he was, he, he woke during this night that the, the image formed on his shoulder. And, mm-hmm. uh, he said to, uh, he woke up at two forty three, and in, in the interview, he actually said, I don't think that has anything to do with anything, but I got up at two forty three, and I went and let the dog out and blah, 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 blah. Well, for some reason I just picked up my phone and I Googled meaning of the number 243 mm-hmm. and it came back mm-hmm. the original, the, the very first query of it. Uh, the result was that 243 was an angelic number and that he was, you know, ex- he should be accepting of uh, these prayers that are being uh, worked on for him. And, you know, mm-hmm. things were going to be answered nice. in his life. And he kind of was taken back a little bit because he said, you know, to be honest with you, he can't really talk about it because it's an ongoing court case, but we are actually praying really heavily on something that is related to, you know, what's been going on. And uh, Hmm. so, you know, I mean, the fact that you guys were under attack from a virus that was, you know, Hmm. you you were obviously distressed with uh, how poorly your husband was doing. You were even considering what life Mm -hmm. was going to be like without him, potentially. And I wonder if... You know, I mean, we're just grasping at straws here, but I almost wonder if, you know, there is some other kind of intervention, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I know naturally a lot of people want to go to the, you know, the extraterrestrial and, and that may be the case. Um, but, you know, I just, I, I find it odd that it was the, the same coloration. It, it lasted for about the same duration that um, most people who are talking about the grid marks are concerned, um, mm-hmm. you know, three, four days, mm-hmm. and then it fades yep. away. Um, yep. it, it looked subdermal. It was the uh, mm-hmm. same coloration, only his yeah. was in the, uh, in the shape of a, a partial shape of this image that I recognized as being possibly angelic. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, that just Interesting. Opened, opened up a whole nother <laughs> aspect to, you know, what is what is this? It's obviously something that's intervening. Something's causing it. Oh, uh, my God. It would be so fun to just part the curtains and really be able to see mm-hmm. like a film, everything, all the layers of everything, the truth of what's going on, you know, yeah. like what was that? I, I, I would I would really I would really love to know and I hope um more people can come forward with, with more insight. Um you know, and the, more discover discoveries that make you go, Oh yeah, 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 that's true. That was similar to you know, that feeling quality was similar to that. You know, but the one thing I can say that, you know, throughout the thirty uh, I don't know what, thirty five episodes that I've done so far, um Almost everyone that I have interviewed, no matter what their experience is, no matter if it's in the uh, you know Bigfoot realm, whether it was having uh, poltergeist activity in their apartment in Michigan, or whether it's somebody that's receiving red grid mark patterns on them, almost every person in some way, shape, or form have indicated to me that they are sensitive Mm-hmm. to other things. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I, and I do and think that's something that's of note. I think that's yeah. something that we need to take note of because. Yeah. And, and, you know, agreed, definitely agreed. And, um, and I, more than ever, what we're being called to in this world is an independent point of departure means that you have to learn to think for yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to learn to think independently. You have to learn, relearn, find out what the heck common sense is and apply it, you know, because the lies and the deception and all of that stuff is so thick that obviously, you know, I mean, we're going to be, we are being torn asunder to the extent that you're just going to sort of believe the outward narrative, you know, that that discernment faculty needs to really, really, really needs to be paid attention to. Um, And if anything too, like a phenomena like this is, is a wake up for that. Um, I, I, um, I met a, I met somebody who he's, he does, he does this work professionally, does this work in Hollywood. He's really well known and he lives here at, um, and, his sister and his whole family does it. And and I met them a couple weeks ago and I was showing him a couple, a couple things. And right away, he just didn't even miss a beat. And he said, yeah, they're just telling you, you know, it's time to wake up. It's time to start doing your work in the world, you know, and I've heard other people say that too, that are farther along or that are, you know, really out, out in the world working in this realm, that it's, it's a reminder and just kind of more of a confirmation and a wake up. And, you know, for me, it's, and for me and a lot of people, it's just our time, you know, it's our time to start talking. It's our time to, to claim who we are and to be who we are, all of who we are, which also has that spiritual ancestry. You know, we all have that. Um, but to, and to start to start to create the world that we want. And hopefully you know, it's not and, too late. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I hope don't, it's not I don't because think I, so. I think, I think the, the governing bodies of this world, whether it be local or um, federal and, and their equivalents in any other country, I think they've become so used to the control that they have over us uh, from, mm -hmm. from, you know, and that's very real, you know, but I guess that's one other thing that I have really gleaned from this experience that I'm in process with is that, you know, because, oh my gosh, talk about a test of, of faith, you know, it's scary. It's like, where is this coming from? You know, is this a governmental thing? Like, like, you know, there is such a big element of being out of control mm -hmm. and, the more you look outside of yourself, as a friend of mine said, you know, she said, you're going to get every paranoia um, confirmed for you if you, you know, the more you take everybody's opinion into yeah. account. Um, and you're going to, you know, you'll, anyone will lose their, their mind doing that. And I really went through a phase of, well, what can I trust? You know, I got afraid to do meditation, you know, well, what am I inviting in? Who is this? Is mm -hmm. this a guide? Is this angelic? Isn't it? Are, am I being lied to? I mean, it can get really scary, you know, and at a certain point and the same with all the media and all of that, at a certain point I had to decide for myself, I'm gonna, I'm going to go on the side of love. For me, it's love or fear and those are, you know, the polarities that are easy for me to grasp which one I'm in because they have a very different feeling, you know, a very different nuance. Um, and if I'm angry, if I'm watching too much news, if, if I'm resentful of all of the things that I'm powerless over, I'm losing all of my energy to the fear realm. Yeah. And if, and if I hold on to trust and not, not naivety, you know, I know what's going on, but at a certain point, I know enough and I need to, I need to turn and, and focus, find my North star, you know, find, find my leading, my leading light. And I've had to make a really conscious decision that that's what I was going to do. And I wasn't going to feed the fear and I was going to, you know, trust, tr trust my experiences and trust that I'm protected and safe. And, um, you know, and I work really hard at that. I work really hard at that to be grounded and, and in my meditative work and, you know, careful, um, you know, what I take in, in uh, to all my senses. So those, those kind of things are helpful and, and really necessary, especially the more sensitive one is. Well, Ellie, this, this took a turn that, uh, I was absolutely not expecting. And, uh, I think, I don't think anybody could have summed it up any better as you did here at the very end that, oh, good. Uh, to, to live, to live life, accepting the light and the love and, uh, you know, just do your best. And you, to, you can to do, do that. You can do that without being in la la land and without having sure to lower it by course. saying it's all woo woo. And that's what we need to find and trust in ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And that's not saying that you should shut yourself off from any of the information that's out there. You, you need to stay aware of what's going on. And not yeah. every, not a hundred percent of everything that's going on is, is bad right. or, or, or working against us, but. Uh, Tuning in once in a while just gives mm -hmm. you enough. <laughs> the, yeah. the narrative isn't changing too much. Just the sort of pieces around all of it in yeah. the world, you know? 
um, as far as all the stuff going on in the world and the regulations and, and what we're being told to believe and such. Yeah. But, Trust your heart. Uh, Trust your yeah. heart and live in yeah. the light. That's about the best yeah. thing that you can do. That's a, it's a good jumping off point. And, yeah. Agreed. And I'm really looking forward to what other people bring forward. Um, I'm really interested to, to learn more and I'm so glad that, there's a discussion. I haven't heard anywhere anyone else talking about the red grid mark phenomena and more about it. So I haven't either. I and hope there. I, was I hope there starts to be more of that. Yeah, I was excited to uh, to get the responses I got back because honestly, it just you know, other than a, a handful of small web pages that uh, have dealt with the subject, nobody's talking about it. Well, you are now. And so I think, good, like good I said, on you. Think, thank you. I think this is going to be uh, way more than one or two episodes. I think we'll be uh, we'll dive into this, and hopefully, I've got a uh, somebody messaged me that uh, Blumenthal, uh, Ralph Blumenthal, uh, former writer for the New York Times, is a, yeah. par- a part of yeah. that group, and uh, I've reached out to him. I have not heard back from him yet, but I'd like to see if we can put mm-hmm. our heads together and, and see if we can come up with uh, at least a direction. It would be, you know what would be really neat, Eric, is to have like a call-in thing. I don't know if you have that capacity or that interest, but I was thinking about that the other day. It would be really cool to have a call-in show about this where people, you know, because you ask questions and then different avenues mm-hmm. open and also to hear what people had to say. Sure. That would be fun. Actually, that is something that's been on my radar as far as doing a uh, uh, multiple people in, invited to, like, say, a Zoom call and, mm-hmm. uh, and then tackle a subject and uh, nice. do that as a show. So um, confirmation again, weirdly enough, from one of my guests Yeah, that I might be on the right track. So, uh, Ellie, mm-hmm. I, I, well, I appreciate you taking time out of your afternoon. I know you have a busy schedule. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. And, yeah, uh, thank you. Likewise. We uh, will definitely be tackling this subject again, uh, I believe. Uh, Sounds good. And if you come upon anyone that wants to get a hold of me, mm-hmm. um, I don't mind to give my email, but I'll just give that to you now. I don't sure. even know if that is smart to do or appropriate. I don't have a website or anything, but just... If there's someone that contacts you and wants to get contact with me. That's fantastic. I would not be surprised if you get some contacts about this. Yeah, if I can help another person, that would be very cool. Ellie, once again, thank you so much for your time. You're so welcome. Thank you as well, Eric. All right. Take Stay care. in touch. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your experience. So email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, then leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Share the show with your friends. Share the show on social media. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. All at Uncomfortable Podcast. And until next week, my friends, stay uncomfortable.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.